What's the crack? Welcome back to the Irish Voice Podcast. We are back again with another edition of Family Therapy at the Kitchen Table with my mum. Hello everyone. Happy New Year. And the same to you. How are you feeling about the New Year? Have you got aspirations and goals? Optimistic. Optimistic? Optimistic. Personally or are we talking football? A good dose of hopium. Hopium personally or? No, I think we will. I think I'm encouraged by the meeting at Carrington with the Ineos group. Nice, straight into United Bonder, Mum. No talk of the person. No, no Love talk. It. Let's cut to the chase here. No fluffing about. No fluff. Fuck that. Who has time? Right, so we've got four segments to cover today. As always, on an additional family therapy, we are going to talk about Ineos, the story so far. We're going to do a silly season roundup because, Mum, you are an expert at reading through transfer rumours. I haven't really read much, so I'm actually excited to hear what's going on. We're going to do some New Year's goals. So New Year's goals is going to be three aspirations we have for Manchester United. Either this season or can flow in the next season. Just what you'd like to see happen. And then a wee peek at the Wigan game. So if we start off with any of season so far, you're about to start into it there. The meeting at Carrington. Hit me. What's your thoughts? I th- I th- to me, it's encouraging. Because Jim Radcliffe went and Brailsford went to Carrington. They met with the team. They met with Eric Ten Hag. They met with... The, his name escapes me now, the, the women's manager, the women's team. And he, well, the sound bites that are coming out from the Ineos group are really good, in yeah, my opinion. They're impressive. They are. It's not all to do with the commercial aspect. In other words, he said that if Man United are successful again, that that leads to more revenue, leads to more money coming in from commercial partners. So, and he said, the, in other words, to get Man United back on track. To get Man United, not the money-making machine for the Glazers, but to win trophies. To be the Man United, it was 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. Yeah, and that's brilliant to see, because that's where I think the Glazers took their eye off the ball. They were very American in that sense, where they thought, you know what, the cash cow is never going to end with Manchester United. Manchester United's a huge club, it's hugely successful. Look at all the money it's made under Ferguson. Let's just play on and, and hope that everything, you know, sort of comes together. Now, yes, they've spent money on the pitch. That's another another drama for another day because I think there's a lot of variables in the money they spent. They did spend money, but they've never put their hands in their pockets and that's what annoys a lot of United fans. Whereas Jim, straight off the bat, is coming in and saying, look, I'll spend 300 million on the infrastructure. I have spent one point something billion to buy the football club. Plus, I am going to get us into a position where we're going to be strong in the transfer market. And those are the sorts of things as fans that we just care about. Now, I know we could go and dissect Manchester United as a whole here and say there's so much needs to change, but just those wee sound bites I think are encouraging. I'd it's agree with that. It's not even that. It's the personnel that he wants to put in place. Footballing people, not accountants to make money for the Glazer family. That cash cow was always going... You take the look at Manchester City, you take the look at Newcastle now, the owners that they have. The, the and they got it wrong. that they have around them. They got it wrong. They, they got it massively wrong at the start. I had a conversation with a few friends of mine the other day. You picture Manchester City when Manchester first started out. Now, I am old enough to remember the days of Ben Johnny and Adebayor and the crazy money they spent yeah. on yokes, absolute yokes at the very, very start. Yeah, because they haven't got a clue what they were doing. And then you nailed it there. Then they put the hierarchy and the structure in place. Tiki Texiera came in, a man who had worked at Barcelona, a man who understood the vision of a People big football club. Yeah. Chelsea did the same. Do you remember when Chelsea first got the money? Oh my God, and now I'm going back. But do you remember the, the crazy signings they made? Do you remember, what did you call it? The, We're still making crazy signings. Adrian, yeah, Moutou and stuff. Like, it just, they, they go in cycles of a new owner bounce and these people come in with mad money and think that football can be bought. 
where it can't, it takes a bit more in the the soccer sphere. And when you say soccer, because I'm talking about Chelsea and United, to try and be successful, and that is a unified plan between a good sporting director, a really good coach, and players on the pitch. And if you can't get that right, you're ghost. Yeah, I agree with you. So I'm buoyed by the notions that Dan Ashworth and Paul Mitchell and Blanc could come in. I tell you one thing, pissing me off. It seems really slow, doesn't it? I don't know if that's because they're ratifying the deal or whatever's happened in the Premier League. It's the Premier League. But why can Brailsford and Ratcliffe be there? Brailsford is there. Apparently Brailsford has an office there at the minute, but they can't appoint anyone. They can't appoint anyone until the Premier League okays them to be fit and proper owners. That's really bugging me. Yeah, well, that could take up to six weeks. Yeah, that's an annoyance. Those people need to be in ASAP. I did see that Jim Rockcliffe and uh, Dave Brailsford were in and they were, you know, assessing the situation, doing some forensic accounting, have a, having a bit of a look at what has come before, before they get launched in the future. And I thought, that's all well and good, boys, but I don't want you people making decisions for my football club either. I don't want Jim Rockcliffe or David Brailsford to be anywhere near the decision-making for football decisions going forward because the head of cycling and... Uh, Petrochemicals billionaire should not be making. How's that any better than the Glazers and Woodward? No, that, that's why the appointment of Mitchell and Ashford, hopefully, and Blanc will be instrumental in setting us on the right path, a footballing path, not the yeah. commercial money making path that the Glazers want. The Glazers will still get their money. Yeah, because they're uh, successful again. Another one I think about um, that annoyed me was it didn't annoy me. It, it was Ayrton Hat coming out and saying, "Look, I had a really positive meeting with uh, Jim Ratcliffe, and I had a really positive meeting with David Brailsford, and you know, set out the vision, had discussions, whatever." And it was like, talking about what? Like, talk, talking about football. Jim Ratcliffe and David Brailsford all of a sudden are the authoritarians and the, and the positive influence you need to drive this football club going forward. It shouldn't be that man pitching his vision to those two. It should be your appointed board that you're hoping for, Mum. It should oh, really? be Ashworth, Mitchell, Blanc. You know, the guys who have operated in football, sitting around the table, listening to this man pitch and tell his vision and explain why he thinks that, why he thinks things have gone wrong this season and then making an informed decision. No, I agree with you, but... but the longer they want there, steps. the longer we're in the hands of... No, it won't, but because that's why um, there will be... Jim Radcliffe, he's the one pumping the money in. And that's the bottom line there. But he won't. He will let... Because when they bought Nice, they got it very, very wrong at the start. Very wrong. Very wrong structurally. In fact, they had Brailsford in overseeing Nice. I think he was CEO at one stage, which was totally wrong. He is over in any sport. That's what he's... He's over the cycling, he's over the football, he's over the yachting, whatever they do, the motor sports and whatever. He is, he's a, an overseer. He will go in and appoint the like of Mitchell and appoint the like of Blanc. And they're already in. Jean-Claude Blanc is already in. But they can't be officially appointed until this, until the Premier League approve them. Well, uh, they're need, they need to be in. They need to be. Because that's my biggest fear, is that the likes of a Brailsford or Ratcliffe will sit down now and be impatient and start making decisions. I'm like, I know you guys bought it or I know Jim's company bought it and I know any of us in charge but you can't be making decisions you're not qualified to make better Patrick decisions Stewart, than what we've had before Patrick Stewart is there standing at the minute right he's acting and another unqualified CEO yeah but he's not he's a figurehead they're making the decisions I would say yeah but 
they need to be making those decisions alongside the gains of footballing people. Dan Ashworth, I don't think, is going to come to Manchester United. I never understood that one from the start. They're saying that he's unhappy with the vision of Newcastle and he's unhappy with certain things that are far enough. But I he's just, under contract in Newcastle. Yeah, I don't yeah. see Newcastle letting him go without a fight. Letting him just waltz into Man United. Or huge compensation. Or huge compensation. But he is an impressive individual and one that I would love to see come on board. Impressive record. Yeah, I just don't see it. I don't. I, I think Blanc and Mitchell are shoe-ins. I think those two positions that they discussed for those two guys would be perfect. Blanc is CEO, Mitchell in his head of recruitment and scouting. I think that suits his, his area of expertise instead of making him director of football. I do think they need someone in there with them to make it function. That last missing piece would be the director of football. It's just going to be interesting to see what way they structure, but who knows? It's a guessing game at the minute. Being bandied about. I suppose when we talk about the guessing game, then that leads us into silly season. January transfer rumours. I have seen some absolute Clangor. shockers recently. And I don't know if any of them have any merit in. So I'm going to share a few names that you hear, right? And okay. tell me what the crack is. Eric Chupamoting. Oh yeah, apparently Neil Dawn. Really? Yeah, apparently he's agreed terms with Man United. But, correct me if I'm wrong. On a Pardon? On a loan deal. Hopefully. Jesus, yeah. I mean, is he part of the... The Cameroon setup, or did he retire from international football? Pass, no clue. No, neither of Who's he playing for now? He plays for Bayern Munich. Does he? Because yeah. they brought in Tell, so he's not getting played. Look, Chubba Moting, he's not the worst. He scores goals and stuff. It's just a crazy one. It's just another body in there. It's it's really cover. It's another Igalo. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's a very Igalo essay. That's, that's what good, it is. It's just another Igalo. Uh, and off the back of that one, the reason that he's so strongly linked, Anthony Marshall to Saudi. Yeah, or Fenerbahce. What? Yes, Fenerbahce are very interested in Anthony Marshall. For January. Well, you see, Anthony Marshall is in a conundrum now at the minute, right? He knows that if he doesn't get a contract extension, he's only riding the big wages until the summer. But he may not get playing. If Stupid Moting comes in, he won't get playing. He'll be the third course striker and then what does he do in the summer does he end up you know playing does Anthony Marshall stick or twist now he's only 27 does he take a reduced wage to play for Fanny and go off now in January or does he ride the Bosman wave and hope that he gets to move in the summer United could find themselves in a very sticky situation if there's any truth in those moments where Chupa Moting comes in to cover Anthony Marshall leaving and Marshall stays yeah there is rumours that Anthony Marshall and Varane, the club are working on an extension, but highly reduced wages. That Varane is apparently that's what he's really miffed about now. That um, they will extend it for a year, but on very like half the wage that he is on now. Yeah, Varane's on extortionate wages, yeah. and that was as a by. There's no point going around with that. That's a byproduct of Manchester United shitty business dealings up until yeah, now. But I think that. If we go back to the Ineos thing, could be a fresh slate, new change of ownership. Um, I'm saying that as a positive, so we'll wait and see what happens. But I don't see Raphael Varane agreeing to that. No. I do not. I think it's more likely that Raphael Varane would leave. And then if he leaves, where is he going? Is he going to go out to Saudi? Can we bring someone in, in the centre-back position? the only place that he's going to get those wages, because Ancelotti came out during the week and dismissed any recall of um, Raphael Varane going back to Real Madrid. He rubbished those rumours. I could see Raphael Varane staying until the summer and then going. I don't think anything will happen to Raphael Varane. I don't think the extension will come into play. I think he stays to the summer and then goes. Well, I think that's, that's what's on the table for both those players. 
the club have the option to trigger another year, but that trigger will depend on whether they accept a lower wage or not, or okay. they can go in the summer. And to me, that's the best policy. We have held on to players. Anthony Marshall has been here nine years. Yeah, nine years. disgusting though. Really is. The man that never was. Uh, Thomas Muller. Muller, no. Apparently Muller has come out and said no, that he's no interest in going to Man United. And didn't he extend his contract? Bayern Munich extend his contract? No idea, I just know that he's struggling to give minutes on the pitch and he's not happy about it, but it didn't make sense to me. The German boys don't like leaving Germany. Not when they're playing for one of the bigger no. ones. It's a rare occasion in this. Like Thomas Muller smacks his boss in Schweinsteiger again. Oh, it was a big team. name and a big player yeah, once upon a dream, but now he's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just taking the dregs and the cast off there. Yeah, who else did I see? There was someone else that I seen linked and just thought, what's the crack with Tadebo? Is Tadebo going to Spurs? No. Is Tadebo going to United? That's that's guy that they were looking at. Uh, Dragostein. Who? Dragostein. Yeah, apparently it's fallen through. Really? Yeah, apparently that's fallen through. Because I seemed pretty confident that was going to get done yeah, first week. All terms agreed, and but it's collapsed. Spurs doing a Spurs. Spurs doing a Spurs. Transfer-wise this thing. Yeah. They really need to get a centre back in. This whole trying to play a full wax and centre backs is not working for them at all. Wouldn't work for anybody. No. I think we've seen it with Shaw against Bournemouth. It's very, very short term. Very short term. So, is there any others? Anybody have missed any other crackers that are in there? Oh, there's a couple of crackers now. Hit me. I'll let you have one name. Now I'm going to butcher it. Go for oh, it. All right, here's one name. Uh huh. Oscar Sambrano. Who's that? Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, he's we Ecuadorian. And he can leave his club. What club? Ecuadorian club? El Quinto Ars. Ecuadorian club, yeah. Well, do you know what? I'm not going to dismiss that. Look at 4. the... 5. But what they're saying is, now, I don't know whether they're linking Man United. Bournemouth, apparently, uh, Romano came out and said they're in advanced talks about this lad. He's a defensive midfielder. He's only 19. And then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Man United are interested in him now because they lost out on Moise Casado. Look and at the examples. Are interested in him and Luton are interested in him. So he's, he's their volume at start off with 4.5 million. Look at the examples of these young South American players yeah, coming into the Premier League and thriving. Yeah. I like the wee fella Bonanet at Brighton, the wee winger. I think he's a cracker. The wee Paraguayan lad. Yeah, but at 4.5 million. Yeah, and then who was the other one that came in did really well? In Cisco is a baller. Yeah. Absolute baller. Who you there? Kraken, Moise Casido came in you look who, from a Colombian Kraken Casido and Julian Alvarez. Julian Alvarez, another one, brilliant. This wee fella in the city you're saying looks like an absolute star in the making, Echeverry. But didn't Ralph Rani come out and say that? That he could, he was baffled that Man United, a club like Man United, were not exploiting the South American market. Apparently we have nine scouts in South America. Do we what? have never produced one South American signing. Now... There are two schools of thought in this. The first one is people who turn around and say the scouts are just being employed for absolutely nothing. They're a waste of wages. And then there's the second school of thought where these people are putting people forward and there's no one in place to take advantage well, of this. Well, a great story came out during the week and it said that the scouts scouted Anthony at Ajax and said, no, he was not worth, he wasn't worth 45 million, he wasn't worth what we paid for him and they were overruled. See, there Arnold. you go. Yeah. I think I think that's what's happening in Manchester United. You have Murda and Ten Hag in the arriving seat at the minute mm -hmm. when it comes to transfers. 
John Murdoch has no qualifications or experience that lends itself towards him being able to pick our transfer targets or negotiate our transfer targets, but he's allowed to. Then he has Arnold in the background and Arnold's doing the finances, whatever. Two guys who are so unqualified for the roles that they had. And then you have Eric Ten Hag wanting to take in his players and his lads who he trusts from leagues that he trusts. A mishmash and a shit show waiting to happen. And that's what happened. I would I believe that one. I yeah. would say that's what happened. Any others? Yeah. I'm going to butcher this name as well. Hit me. Giorgio Scalvini. The centre back. The centre back. Italian boy. Atlanta. Cracking. Yeah. Cracking. A storm maker. The 151 million for him. Oh, that's a lot of money. I was going to say, Pep, that's a lot of. This young fella, I am telling you now, is Benucci, Chiellini vibes. He clears man, ball, and everything. He's so composed, but there's a thug in there. But that's what you need in the Premier League. There's a. There's a thug. There's a, a Ramos-esque sort of... Martinez. Yeah, I've seen him play a few times for Atalanta. He's a very advanced player for being a 20-year-old. Like, Very, very good player. But apparently he's a leader that he can organise the back line. Well, that's what you want. Scalvini was in. What happened to the young lad from... They're looking... We're linked to every young yeah, centre-back in Europe. The, who did I see he was linked to? Was it Arsenal now? Are we any more modern to Mark Gay? No. No. It's gone dead. Has it? Yeah. Did you see the match last night? I did not see the match I last night. It stays dead. Bad? Oh my god, it was Jesus, it was like watching paint dry. It was a shocking match. Really bad. But how's that a reflection of Mark Because he was useless, that's why. It's one game. I know. You can't watch one game and turn around and call the lad useless. But I think Mark he's talented. I do. He is. And I think he's playing the the But if you were Skyping him in last night's match, no. I'm really young fella. I know. What is Mark Gay? What should um, Crystal Palace be looking for him, do you reckon? 50 million. He's English. Yeah. That's, you just hit the 5 0 every single time. Talent, young, 5 0. Straight away. 50 million. Look, John Stones. I mean, John Stones has turned into it's a brilliant player. Yeah, I would say that is because of the teachings of Pep Guardiola. Yeah. It's but as, so, yeah, as soon as you go near an English centre back who's trying to come through the ranks, 5 0, 50. No negotiations. Paid. Somebody else will. Somebody yeah. else will take Mark Gay in the summer. Well, crack is that they're looking to bring two centre-backs in the summer. I well, can't see that guy from Nice. Talibo, is it? Talibo. I think he's one of them. I can't see him leaving in January. No, I think he's one of them. I think Talibo will come in in the summer. It's two partners, Talibo, coming in. Is Talibo right or left? He's right, isn't he? Right. Right-sided. So you need a left-sided centre-back. Not sure what foot Scalvini kicks with. He's right. Right for it. Is it? Mm. Is it Mark Gay left? I don't know. Playing on the left side of the centre-back for Chris Paul. I'm not sure he does. But do you any cover for Martinez? You do. Because that's what he, he plays on the left side. cover in general. I, yeah. I don't... And any quality cover. I don't dislike Willie Kwambla. No, but he's not ready yet. No, he's not ready yet. But if you're going to bring players like that through, what you need to do is you need to have four centre-backs and your backup. And the backup should not be 34-year-old Johnny Evans. It should be 19-year-old Willie Kwambla. So that he knows, sitting in the background, that he has to keep himself sharp and on his toes because if one of those or two of those centre-backs ends up out, you're in, kid. But you look at Tegan Mengi now. Went to Luton for, what, one million? And now Fulham are in for him. Yeah. And they're him at, what, 28 million now? Well, Mengi just didn't get a chance. And no. this is what happens when you stockpile ageing players and utilise them in the squad. This is what really annoys me. I'm glad to see Kobe Mainu come through and get his chance, right? But Manchester United have an awful tendency to stockpile over-the-hill players. One of which I think in that midfield is Christian Eriksen. 
Yeah. I don't think Christian Eriksen deserves the opportunities in the first team that Christian Eriksen gets. In fact, if it has come to this with an injury crisis, I would rather do a Newcastle. Newcastle brought Lewis Miley in. Why not give Isaac Hansen or Ronan a chance in the first team? How bad can he be if he comes in and he's given the free role to play make? I w- well, I hope to see a lot of those young players playing on Monday night. Yeah. Against Wigan. So do I. I want I to really, see them play. I want Hansen or um, Dan Gore, although there's talk about Dan Gore going on loan to Preston. And I, read this. Was, I know there was moderns about Brucey Dortmund, but they don't want him going out. They don't, they don't want him going too far. Um, so, Dan Gore and a couple of the other ones. Hey, tell me this. Are you confident that Manchester United make signings in this window? And the reason I'm asking that is because I'm not. I still no, think that I, they... It'll be loan signings and that'll be it. Do you think they make loan signings? I, I don't see why they would. I think a lot of these rumours are being stirred up now, Mum, because there's very little to talk about with Manchester United's transfer market and we're still the most talked about football club. And when we're in crisis, we get all the hits and all the clicks. Yeah. So they're drumming stuff up now for the crack. I don't see Moting coming in unless Martial leaves. I find it hard to believe that Fenerbahce can cough up the money to cover Martial's wages. Saudi, yes. But Andy Martial makes close to 300 grand a week. He's not getting that in Turkey. Oh, God, no. Nowhere near it. And he does not strike me as the sort of boy that will sacrifice the money to go and better his career. So I don't see Fenerbahce being an option. I, I think it's Saudi or bust. I think that's the only way that we're going to buy players in January is um, sell to buy. And if the like of Varane turns around and said, because apparently Varane has had offers from two Saudi clubs. Apparently Anthony Marshall has an offer from a Saudi club. I read that Varane wanted to stay. He does want to stay, but will he stay and reduce wages? And they're talking about a big reduction. It won't be half his wages. It can't be. Do you think Raphael Varane is going to suffer being on the same money as Victor Lindelof? Or suffer being paid less than Harry Maguire? Well, see, that's why negotiations are ongoing. Yeah, it won't be half his wages. I tell you what, Varane's probably sitting going, right, I'm on 350, I'll knock it down to 300. And United are no like, can you not go any less than that? He's turning around saying, look at the yokes I play with, not a chance. You think you're going to pay Harry Maguire more than me? And this is where United shoot themselves in the foot all the time. United don't have the clout or the authority or the strength to turn around to a player of Raphael Varane's strength and say, here, will you take half your wages? I would turn around and laugh. and <laughs> like, no, I will not. Well, then go. Simple as that. I'm not going. You will in the summer. You're free Sell me in the summer. I think that that's what the policy is now. If you don't go, if you don't want to go in January, that's fine. You're going to sit on the bench until we get ready in the summer, until you walk. Yeah, and previously I said Raphael Varane will go in the summer. That's yeah. what I believe. Varane just turned around and tell you didn't know. Well, that's it. Anthony Marshall is the same. Like, this is Harry Maguire all over again. When I turned around and said that Harry Maguire is a man in his 30s who will have to prioritise money at this stage over career development, Varane's not making a big move to try and win trophies or anything, Mum. Varane's next move is going to be Varane's next move. Yeah. So Raphael Varane turned around to Manchester United and said, probably don't leave in the summer. Why would I care? You've been a joke from I came in through the door up until this stage and I have no faith in you getting it right in the next season. Well, it's going to take you a couple of seasons and I'm too old to suffer that project. So you'll pay me what you agreed to pay me until I decide to walk out the door on my terms. Well, and that's, that's the, way the options on the table. Yeah. If you they extend, they're not extending the contract unless he takes a pay cut and if he doesn't, then he walks free in the summer. Yeah, he'll walk free in the summer. I can see both of them doing it. Or shall like Manchester, you, know, you want to believe as a fan, right, that your football club can take a positive, affirmative action now to do something positive with Anthony Marshall and Raphael Ran. I can 100% say, in my opinion, both those guys will walk away. 
having reaped every penny that they can from Manchester United and our football club will deserve every single bit of it. Well, that's not that's not on the new regime coming in. No. They hun- have to start as they mean to go on. Exactly. That's, the old, that's indicative of the old regime. They're going to be hamstringed for the first couple of seasons by the old regime and the false and feelings of Manchester United, but it just is what it is. Jane Sancho is going. Four million loan fee. Well, there was... How much of his wages are we paying? It was he was... Meeting up with a team in Malaga or wherever they're I read that, yeah. Apparently it's not done yet. Apparently this fine-tuning that they're doing, the deal is not done yet. You know what the fine-tuning is. We'll pay 50% of his wages. No, we want you to pay 60% of his wages. No. You need him gone. We'll pay 50. That's what it'll be. We're going to get a... And I don't know where the 4 million loan fee comes in when you're still paying half the last wages. Like, what's the... Is the 4 million pound offset... You know, the, I have no idea. the money that we have to pay, like, I don't get it. No idea. Because Jaden Sancho is not going to make the same money at Bristol Dortmund again. They have a wage cap. I don't think they pay anybody more than 200 grand a week. So, and that's their stars. So, they're going to have to negotiate a deal with Manchester United to take on that chunk of 150 grand a week to have a way play in Germany. That's another one that's a mess. But I'm glad he's going. I'm glad the club have actually backed the manager and not try to repair bridges, and that Brails from Ratcliffe have a no sort of sway in that one. Yeah. Them coming in hasn't changed the minds. They've actually just turned around and said, no, not getting involved. Ian the manager, has to go. Regardless of what I think of the manager, I think that's a good decision. So is that, is that it? There's any other crazy ones? Oh, well, there's around? loads of crazy ones that I can't remember, because every day every they've day. been linked with some player or other, and then you know some of them, right, they're using Man United's name, Forbidden War. That young fella, that Ecuadorian. Luton are interested in him. Brighton are interested in him. And Bournemouth have started negotiations. And now all of a sudden Man United want him. So yeah. of course the club in Ecuador are going to say, well Man United's interested in now. You know, and they're willing to pay six million. How much are you willing to pay? A lot of those young fellas over there have release clauses. I don't know what it is about the South American market, but a lot of them have release clauses in their contracts. I think... Isn't there a lot of those players being owned by sporting entities? Don't know if owned yeah, is the right terminology, but they're owned by sporting entities. I yeah. think sporting entities put release clauses into their contracts to try and attract the likes of the Premier League football clubs. So it'll be interesting to see what way that one plays out. But I mean, is he one for the immediate? Probably not. No. Just nice to see us moved with something proactive. Scalvini yeah. is a big decision because he is one for the future. I know nothing about this Ecuadorian lad, but a bit of positivity there. They're actually exploring those sorts of markets. So, yes, that then is going to conclude Silly Season, New Year's Goals. So this is a segment where we're going to pick three aspirations we have for Manchester United in the future. It can be anything. It can be what colour the new away kit is next season, or it can be a goal that you hope Manchester United achieve this season, win the FA Cup. We'll go one, one for one. What's your first? What is your first goal for United in 2024? What do you want to say? Score more goals. Simple as that. <laughs> score more bloody goals. I don't care who scores them, but score more goals. Yeah. But especially from our forward line. Rasmus Hoyland needs to... I think you're going to be disappointed there, Mum. Mm, I think I might. Yeah. I don't think uh, you're going to get that under this monitor. Yeah, I don't see. My first aspiration for this season is that our new owners do a full assessment of the Manchester United manager. Have him pitch his view for what why things have gone wrong and what needs to happen in the future. Not to Brailsford and Ratcliffe, but to the new sporting people coming in, whoever they may be, our new director of football, and then make a really honest, brave decision 
on whether he's the man moving forward. And if he isn't, then my aspiration is that they will choose their own person and that whether it's Ten Hag or someone else, that the coach is right going into the 2024-2025 season. That all doubts are removed and that we all have a vision going forward. So that could be Ten Hag. Well, I agree with you. They could prove me wrong. But just And if, he, if it's not working out and if the results are still the same, then someone new has to come in. Wait until the major players are back, which they are. They're back in training. They're back. Casemiro and Martinez. We'll see Casemiro and Martinez show. Yeah, we'll not go through a whole Ten Hag spell again because I think that that can overtake every podcast because mm. I think the lads are yoke. But second goal for the new year. Top four. Oh my God, you're second really unrealistic. Yeah, my aspirations are high. But I score more goals and get top four. Well, if you score more goals, you'll win more matches and you might have a chance of getting into top four. That's they definitely tie it. in. I'll give you that much. They definitely tie in. That is highly optimistic, though. Yeah, it is. But that's my goals. Well, do you know what? That is the point of having goals for 2024. Absolutely. And no matter how unachievable they are, realistic goals should have been the name of the second. <laughs> Small margins. Small margins, yep. Yeah. comes in and says small margins and you're expecting more goals for the same football I'm in top big four. Margins. Uh, second New Year's goal, I want to say Manchester United have a clear, defined direction put in place by the end of February. That is my cutoff point. I want to sit at the end of February 2024 and understand where my football club is heading towards in the next couple of years. And that might sound like a windy, unrealistic expectation, but these new owners have come in and made big promises. I want to see the actions now. I want to see, I want to be sitting with the hierarchy in place so I know who's in charge of everything. I want to see positive action put in place for the small margins that we hear from Brailsford. Where's the 300 million going? Where's the 300 million going to be signed to an infrastructure? What's the crack with the stadium? I want to sit at the end of 2024 and have my questions answered and know that I can look forward to the rest of 2024 and 2025, 26, 27, knowing that even if results and performances aren't there on the pitch, we know where it's going. He alluded to that at that meeting in Carrington, that he can't say too much until this. it's all been I's dotted, T's crossed, until the Premier League gives the green light. Yeah. And he said he will come in and have in-depth discussions with the staff and on, his, on their vision for the future of Man United. Yeah, I think so that's uh, in February, that's, that's enough time yeah. frame. I think that's enough time frame to get it. I will really reiterate this point. I don't want Jim Radcliffe and David Brailsford to sit with Ayrton Hag. I don't think they're qualified to let that man pitch his vision because Ayrton Hag is a manager who's been in management for quite a number of years. He'll pitch it to two lads who know nothing about football and it'll sound impressive. doesn't mean it is. I want him to have to sit with football and people and be scrutinised. But... That'll happen. We shall see. Your third. My third is a proper clear-out of that first team. Squad-wise? Yeah, a proper clear-out. But the gun just the head and say, look, this is it, lads. You either do this or you're playing with the under-23s because you're not in the first team anymore. Yeah, I think that would be one of mine. Definitely would be. i tell you why I don't have it on my list because I don't think it's achievable. And I don't think it's achievable because of the situation. Well, start the proper clear-out. Yeah, I mean, there are there are certain aspects that are achievable. Like, I, I tell you why. 
because it sounds like I'm just dismissing it, but I'm not. I, I really, really want that to happen. That needs to happen. That needs to happen in Manchester United. They need to have a call mm-hmm. of the nonsense personalities, the mega money non-stars that are in that squad. The over the all need players. to leave. I tell you why I can't see it, because we, we alluded to it beforehand, these new owners are coming in on the back of massive mistakes made by a previous board. There are too many mistakes to fix in that sense. Raphael Varane and Anthony Martial, I'm expecting to do exactly what I said. Unless Saudi come in with mega money, crazy money that they can't turn down, they'll bleed us dry and then walk off into the sunset. And these other players that I would like to get out of the football club, and I think we would be aligned in the players we're thinking about, are again on massive money contracts and have all the power. And we'll just turn around to our owners and go, that's nice, good luck with that. Well, here's the crack, lads. Is are out of the first team, you're out of the dressing room, play and get fit with the under-23s. I would do, look... I know that that is a pipe dream because we haven't got the finances to do that. Definitely. But see this, like you take under Woodward or even Arnold to a certain extent, the Raphael Varane thing, the Anthony, they would have triggered that one year contract to preserve the value of players who would sit there and go, oh good, another year and 300,000. You don't like the terms, cheerio. Yeah, 100, yeah, and I agree with that. But do you know who broke Manchester United? Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire ruined every last ounce and it was minuscule of credibility that Manchester United had as a football club that are able to conduct itself efficiently into transfer business. When he turned around in the summer and said, I'm not going. And they said, no, you have to go. Manager doesn't want you. He's going to make you fifth choice player. And he turned around and said, that's nice. Good luck with that. Mm. And then we had injuries and then he was playing. And then he came back and was yeah. one of our best players. So now Harry gets to hold his head high and say, I told you. I told you. And he will turn around, and other players will feed off that and look at the Maguire scenario and think, Do you know what? Why would I listen to anything you're saying? Why would I take your turn? You turn into a Raphael Varane and say, Look, sign that contract for less money there, lad, and uh, we'll still take you on, and you might get enough years out of this football See, club. This is why I'm buoyed at this decision over Raphael Varane and Anthony Marshall. Yeah, we'll trigger this, but you have to reduce your wages, or we'll let you walk in the summer. Yes, but this is where I'm not buoyed by this. Because it all depends now on what the player's action is after that. You call that, and the player calls your bluff and says, that's Grant. You aren't heading anywhere anyways. Good luck getting top four after upsetting me. I don't even fancy playing. So you're a striker down. Can't bring a lone striker in now. I'm your backup striker. And you're really going to upset me till the summer? That's fine. See when Highland gets fifth. Good luck with me scoring goals. They have to keep... I know you, your side of things, and it's nice and it's nice to have that positivity as a fan. There's no professionalism in football anymore. Why would there be? all just about the money. I tell you what, stop paying people 300 grand a week and we'll bring professional back. Yeah, I agree with you. No, there's not professionalism in football. You're contracting a commodity to play for your football club. Not to do the same in Jordan here. You are contracting a commodity to play for your football club who does not support your club, did not grow up in Manchester, and is loyal to the coin. Then, you can't afford to bring in a second striker. I'm Anthony Marshallman. You can't afford to bring a second striker in for Manchester United Football Club. You need me. So how dare you come to me and make a power play and say that you're going to reduce my wages or I should do this to stay here? First off, no. Second off, where are you people in the league? Or what's, what's your hook here? What's the advantage of me doing this? What can Manchester United offer me in the current scenario where I would turn around and agree to your bullshit terms? Nothing. Cheerio then. Do you know what I mean? And you can turn around and say, it's okay to turn around as a fan and say, oh yes, fuck that, I would get them out. Yeah, brilliant. That's class. That's a good opinion. You are cutting your nose off despite your face. And I would do it 110 times. But you, you said you want top four. 
How do you do that without a second striker? Hoyvind gets injured and you only have an upset Anthony Marshall. You are back to last season when we struggled with a white flag horse running about. But also, you don't have white flag horse. Do you know who they'll have to play up front? Rashford. Your business decision making all of a sudden has landed you into a position where you're playing Rashford up front now because Hoyvind's out and Anthony Marshall doesn't want to play. Because you chose to take the hard line for the first time in five years with a player that we desperately well, needed for the end of the take the hit. Take the hit. Because that's what has to be done. Because we have a bunch of mercenaries in that club. 110. I agree with you. Uh, and even the lads that do come from Manchester are mercenaries as well. This playing for pride and playing for the jersey and playing for the badge and the club that they supported. No, Nobody does follow that. Follow the green. Mm. Anthony Marshall is not a Manchester United fan. Why would he cure if Manchester came and said, Anthony, we need you to do this? Well, you think they would have some sort of professional pride, like, wouldn't you? You would hope that as a fan, but it's not realistic. And do you know what? I'll go one further. If I was in Anthony Marshall's position, hand on heart, I would do the exact same thing. Because you're a merchant. Of course I am. Of course I am. It's a lovely notion to sit in... Ah, your generation. Seriously, like... But why wouldn't we be? Your generation would have done the same thing. You just didn't have the chance to do it. You think if we don't wind the clock back and I start paying the boys in your generation 50 grand more than they were getting to play for my football club that I couldn't have teased those Manchester United legends out and got them playing somewhere else. I turned around to George Best, one of the most egotistical men on the planet, and said, here, George, I'll give you 50 grand a week more than what you're making at the minute. You come play for me. George would have turned around and said, no, Rory, I'm royal to Manchester United. Well. That, unfortunately, is football, man. Sad state. It is a sad state. I agree with you. Totally do. To get off my soapbox now, that is why that won't happen. It's a nice notion to turn around and say Marshall or Ram would ever do that. They won't though. Just watch. And that's where I think what you're saying is completely true. We need a complete call and a complete clear out. I don't see it. We've we have handed the players total power over our football club. To take it oh, back to take it back, you need to do exactly Small what you just said. You need to turn around to a Varane or Marshall and say, You're not playing. Well, set the example then. We'll see. Do you think, right, let me ask you this. Do you think if these lads don't accept these terms that Erickson Hag takes Varane and Marshall out of the team? Oh God, no. Probably not. Then That's just go. wishful thinking on my part. It's a, it's a loop. That's and what a, I would do. A circular motion of absolute broken logic and bullshit behaviour. But unfortunately, that's Manchester United. That's why they're very, very hard to get optimistic over. Because I think Marshall and Varane will call the bluff now and turn around and say, do what you want. I don't care. I'm not taking less money. I'll go in the summer. Saudi's still going to be there in the summer, but you'll pay me Saudi money for me to live in Manchester now and play in the Premier League. And you can't turn around to a Varane or Marshall with a sorry state of our squad and say, right, fine, don't do that. If you do that, you're not playing. Well, I thought Jadon Sancho was the example. I thought when he disciplined Jadon Sancho and exiled him to the under-23s, I thought, great, that's a start. That's, that's the start of the hard line that Man United are taking. There is a commodity that we're paying an absolute... We have paid Brucey Dortmund an absolute fortune for just for two years, given him a king's ransom, and they're backing the manager over this. They're not backing J- Jaden Sancho. The manager's not the one going to Raphael Varane, Anthony Marshall, and say, take less money. Tanag won't give a damn about that. Mm. Tanag just wants to manage the commodities within his squad. So he's not looking at the money. When he sees Varane and Trent, he doesn't see 350 grand a week running about. He sees somebody that he might have to play on Monday night. Do you know I what I mean? So you, but this, who takes this hard this, line? This is Ineos, apparently. But if Ineos take the hard line and Ineos turn around and play the game, are Ineos then going to instruct the manager and say, here, you have to take Varane out of the team because he wouldn't do what he's told? I don't know what way it works internally. I really don't. 
Because that would be an interesting scenario. Yeah. That would show a unified That's approach. That's another podcast we can go down. Yeah. That would show you a unified approach. But I don't see that at Manchester United. And Ericsson Hag has to turn around and say, right, well, I'll take him out of the team for you then, lads. You know, he'll not play any more games anymore. That's grand. Let's all show a unified approach. Raphael Varane wouldn't do what he's told financially, so we're going to take him out of the team now because Raphael Varane won't agree to that contract. No, you're probably right. You know, it's, it's sort of like illogical, but that's what I would do. My third goal for this season is that Manchester United sell Marcus Rashford for two reasons. First reason, I don't think it's ever going to work with Marcus Rashford uh, fully at Manchester United and under Ayrton Hag. So I think for the betterment of the football club, he needs to go. And the second reason is I really like Marcus Rashford as a person and a footballer and I'd like to watch him play for an off-football club. There's a few people I got back into watching when they left our football club. One was the toxic Paul Pogba because I just think he's a wonderful footballer. And another one was I really liked Memphis Depay. I thought Depay added in and I liked watching Depay play for Barton. I would just love Marcus Rashford to get a... If Mbappe skated off in PSG, the PSG would come in and naively buy Marcus Rashford for a chunk of money. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I think it would. I think it'd be great for all parties. A chunk of money. And get rid of him. He's on massive wages, so I think he would it would only be like a forty, fifty million pound transfer from the deal of his contract. That would be my third my third wish. So then that takes us into the Wigan game on Monday night. We sort of touched on this. You're hoping to see the kids? Yeah. Do you think that's realistic? Well, I'm not not all the kids now. I'm hoping to see I wonder will he give um Casimir and Martin his minutes? it's Wigan away, isn't Why not? it? But Wigan's yeah. not that far from Manchester, is it? Would you risk them? Against Wigan, probably not, maybe. You don't know. No offence to Wigan, but not really that highest standard. Probably need to be physical to be Manchester United. Going to throw themselves about a bit. Is that the perfect way to integrate yourself well, back? to be integrated sometime. Yeah, Spurs, I think, is the more realistic My one. My God, Spurs. Sure, they're physical as well. Oh no. What do you call them? It's not playing. Hoiberg. Romero. Mm, Hoiberg and Romero are two dirty animals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they really are. That's all right, In the best sense, if you were a Spurs fan, you would love them. Oh, yeah. I think against the Wigan game, I am not expecting to see the kids. I think one or two might feature, but he's not that sort of gay, Ayrton Hag. It's going but to be a semi-strong team. Yeah, I know, but realistically, this is our only chance of silverware. Oh yeah, I mean, he, he's going to make changes. I just don't think that... I tell you what, right? See, if I was to pick my 1-11 to from Monday night and the Wigan game, and I was picking it now, Bender, obviously. Uh, no, Nana. Well, Nana's not going to after the Spurs game. Really? Yep. Has to play by Ender. No? Well, I, w- I would like to see him. Well, by Ender's going to play anyway when I'm a ghost. Why would you not play him against Wigan? Well, that's true, yeah. We haven't seen a flicker off by Ender because Super Yoke gets to play no matter what. The goalkeeping Anthony. Make as many mistakes as you want, lad. Play as poor as you want to. I'll still stick you in that. So I would go by Ender. And then I think Willie Quamble will play. Is Victor Lindelof back? No, he's not back to... The end of February in operation. It'll be one of the same. Harry Maguire can play. Is Harry back? Harry's not back until the end of the month, apparently. Oh, flip me. Right. Ferran and Quambla. Mm. Probably. Dallow with Rehelion. What was the crack? There was no... He's way back to Tottenham. Did he go back to Tottenham? Yeah, he's, he's way back. Class. Good to see. Is Malassi fit? No. Malassi's not training yet. So they sent Rehelion back. When Malassi isn't training? Yeah, well, he's new, he's, he'll be back soon. My God. Right, well, yeah, then it's going to be... Why keep him for another six months? If Malassi's come back and... No second choice. But Malassi'll be back at the end of the month. He 
He's not back now. What happens if Shaw gets injured against Spurs? Dallow, please, sir. You're only going to have Dallow and Avi Warren Wambasaka yeah. as the two fit fullbacks. That's insane decision making. Uh, then in the midfield, I think he'll play Scott McTominay, 110. Plays with Amrabat. Is Amrabat back? She's where they have from Cup, is he not? Who is available? <laughs> Mina will be available. Casemiro's oh, back in training. Casemiro will not play. Scott and Mianu will play in the Harrison, 10. sir. Bruno Fernandes. And he'll play Hoyland. Wingers, he has to play Palestra. Has to. I think he'll play Amot there. Amot Giallo and Palestra. He put Palestra on in the left once before. He has to do it again. Surely. Surely he has to give that lad a chance. No, I think he'll go Amot, Hoyland, Garnacho. Play Garnacho again. He's played an awful lot though, hasn't he, Garnacho? He should be taken out of the team and given a rest for the Spurs game. Well, then play Rashford. Yeah, he's not one. Like, I remember watching games last year and thinking, right, this is your chance to play the kids, and he doesn't do it. And the Ajax fans and stuff that would be on social media have turned around and said a few times, a few times when tried to call it and turned around and said, no, that's not him at no, all. No, he doesn't. He's he, very rigid. He's very rigid. He's very regimented in his approach if he's going to bring youth players through he will bring one youth player through at a time and that's the sort of wild card that he'll put in but everything else has to be a really structured variable they have to be winging don't they? <laughs> she would like to hope so they have to yeah. I'm actually biting the lead of my headphones yeah. here saying that because I'm nervous but they have to don't they? you can't you can't fuck that up can I? well it's Man United you can fuck anything up oh, I can just Envision the backlash if Wigan managed to put us out of the Oh, can you imagine if he loses to Wigan and then loses at home to Tottenham? Be bad. It would not be pretty. I think if he loses to Wigan, Mum, that's that. Well, out of the FA Cup, out of the Arbor Cup, out of the Champions League. Very unrealistic expectations to get top four. Yeah. I'm clinging on to it. Yeah, I know we are clinging on. We're not out of it. Just. You're hoping that Manchester United can go on a run of winning maybe yeah, six, this, seven this games in a row. Is. It's more hope. And that's that's the big one. It's like there's no there's no precursor, no pre-existing evidence for me to turn around and hope that Manchester United can win seven games in a row. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And have everybody else around them lose. And I think that's what's holding it back. But the Wigan game, it felt like a free hit up until he lost the last one, and now it's not. It actually has a bit of significance and importance about it. But they have to beat them, don't they? Yeah, they will. Nailed on. <laughs> Oh my god, if he loses, I give up. I really, really do. But anyway, we'll be back to cover that one on Monday night, folks. We'll do the pre-game, half-time, post-game analysis. Kieran will be up for that one, which should be good. So until then, take it easy. Enjoy the nonsense rumours that are floating about. Oh, by the way, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everyone.